Hello and thank you for joining this week's Fearless STEM Careers. This is the podcast that equips you with tools and advice to be fearless in creating a happy, fulfilling and empowering STEM related career, which means anything linked to science, tech, engineering and maths. I'm Hayley Loren, a STEM career coach, award-winning renewables engineer and presenter as featured on BBC Earth, Smithsonian Channel and New Scientist Live, plus founder of Hayley Loren Coaching, which provides STEM-focused career coaching. Each episode, you'll be joined by me, Hayley, and often a special guest to give you clear, actionable steps and advice on creating a career you truly want, whether that means making a career change, getting a promotion, trying to find fulfillment, or simply feeling clearer in your career direction. This is the place to open your mind, get inspired, and be fearless in your STEM career. Hello and welcome to another episode. This week, we are talking all about side hustles. So over the past 10 years, I'd say, there has been a huge rise in side hustles and you've probably seen this a lot on social media. So people are turning their side hustles or their kind of passion projects and interests into careers. And this is personally what I did. I did a lot of presenting and coaching on the side of my day job. So as a side hustle before I ended up quitting my job and then starting my own business. So if you have an idea that you're thinking of turning into a side hustle or you already have one, or maybe you just want to know what this whole side hustle thing is all about, then definitely tune in for this episode because I am joined by the incredible broadcast engineer and YouTube influencer Matt Gray. I genuinely loved this conversation that we had because not just because Matt is a pal of mine and it is always always great fun chatting to him but also because we dug into the pros and cons of side hustles. I mean we get really honest and we also chatted about what it takes to actually turn them into a career and interestingly why Matt in the end actually chose to keep his day job. Before we dive into the episode remember to subscribe to the podcast, rate us and also leave a comment because it genuinely does help other people find us. And if you have a question, please feel free to reach out to me across social media. I'm at the Hayley Loren on Instagram, at the Hayley Loren on Twitter. And you can also email me Hayley at HayleyLoren.com. So let's dive into the conversation. Hello, Matt. Thank you for joining me. Hello. Um, When I was thinking about an episode on side hustles and passion projects and things like that, I was thinking, okay, who can I have on? And instantly, literally instantly, I thought, Matt, definitely. (laughs) Because you are a broadcast engineer by job. But then outside of that, you're always involved with so many different things and over the years you have. Um, So we won't, I definitely want to have you back at some point to talk about broadcast engineering because it is just the coolest thing and really interesting. (laughs) But today we're going to focus around the outside of, of kind of what you do. So what have you been involved with over the years? So I'll just mention my job briefly because I will refer to it. So, um, I've been a broadcast engineer for 13 years or thereabouts. 
and uh, started off working at Global, um, who own Capital Heart, LBC, Classic FM, all of the radio stations almost. Um, and I was originally doing shift work there. So I could be working any day of the week or I could be working um, an eight and a half hour shift between 5.45 a.m. and 9.30 p.m. Which meant as part of that shift pattern, I got three day weekends here and there. I also got one day weekends here and there. But that extra amount of time occasionally made me feel like, oh, I could do something with that. <laughs> Rather than just nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, three days off. It would be, it would be a shame to waste it. <laughs> but outside of that, I have been on YouTube for um, a similar amount of time since 2009. So that's um that's 13 years that's when i've been making videos but my youtube accounts just had its 15 year anniversary since no i created way. it yes wow that's a milestone congratulations <laughs> thank you um so you might know me from um projects i've done such as will it soft serve which was me getting an ice cream machine and putting everything but ice cream mix <laughs> through it so i made ice cream out of mayonnaise and it wasn't mayonnaise ice cream it was just mayonnaise on its own in an ice cream machine <laughs> just because i thought it was funny i've also done projects with tom scott so you might have seen me on the park bench with him or as part of the technical difficulties uh, where we make fact-based comedy stuff on the internet. Oh, about the mayonnaise and the soft serve, what do you do with it afterwards? Do you actually, um, you don't eat it? Well, I know you try it. <laughs> I tried it. A lot of it did go in the bin. I felt very guilty for the food waste in that. So I did um, give a couple of grand to um, the Trussell Trust and a local food bank because it just felt wrong. <laughs> Oh. wasting food like that <laughs> you are like a wonderful person i don't person. like to talk about my charity work <laughs> <laughs> i'm so modest <laughs> no that is amazing though i don't i don't think i know anybody who would accidentally just use some mayonnaise and think oh i'm just going to give some money to a food bank That's the cool. problem was to fill that ice cream machine it took about two liters of anything hmm. and i made about 30 videos so it is I didn't buy the good stuff. I bought uh, catering grade cheap stuff from a Gash and Gary <laughs> <laughs> because if you need stuff in bulk. <laughs> so you just had these tubs of mayonnaise. <laughs> well, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> in okay. short, yes. I'm, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> Back to the whole side hustle thing. So the question is, so you, you didn't want to waste your weekends, but why, why YouTube? Why mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> I've always been one to when I have a silly idea like the ice cream thing or something I want to make a thing then I will find the time to do it even if I don't know the skill you can go on YouTube and learn a skill and just have a go which is something fun to do it's more fulfilling than having just sat down and watched TV all evening or scrolled your phone which obviously I do lots of anyway mm. um, and then once I've done this thing it's just a shame to have a thing that's then just going to sit on a shelf. So I, I like to document it, if not just for myself, but also to share with the world. <laughs> <laughs> and whether whether I make make a YouTube video out of something um, versus just making the thing and letting it fester mm. is whether I can be asked. <laughs> filming and editing a video takes some craft. It takes effort. It takes time to plan it. 
and all of that kind of stuff. So mm. there are many things that I've filmed, done and filmed, but never edited because I haven't quite got it right. Or because mm. to make a compelling video, you've got to have a good narrative, a good story. Yeah. Because if it's just like I did this thing, then you're watching going, why, what? <laughs> and if you if you miss some of the reasoning, the detail out of it, it just makes no sense. You say that, but there's a lot of videos on YouTube of people doing the most random things that make no sense and it still works. And people yes. watch it because it's the personality. Yes. And you're pretty wicked, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and and you know what? The the um, I do find that weird It that I do realise that people watch my stuff because they seem to like me because it's not like I, I have a pigeonhole. Like you get people who are make science videos. There are people who make... Um, vlogs, there are people who make making videos, like makers who are, hello, today's project is this, I'm going to make this and I'm going to show you how to make it. Mm. The videos I make are just me. So I, I'm, I'm spread across many YouTube channels. I've got um, my main one, the Matt Gray channel, is just stuff I've done with no, you know, specific focus or anything. So it's been anything from me playing with Game Boys, because I've got, um, I'm a big fan of the Game Boy Camera, which came out in 1998. <laughs> in fact, I've got it on my desk here in front of you. Oh, Game Boy I, Camera. I wish they a... could see it. He's showing me now. <laughs> <laughs> it is a um, a Game Boy cartridge in the portable games console from the 90s um, that had a camera built into it. It was the first consumer available um, digital camera. It has terrible resolution. It is 100 pixels square, basically. Um, but I love it because you can still get intelligible pictures out of it. So one video I've made in the last couple of years was, well, that that camera came out in 1998. So they didn't come up with a way of you getting photos off it onto a computer because, well, not everyone even had computers. Never mind digital cameras. They made a little printer that prints it out onto receipt paper, but that was it. So mm. I made my own adapter so I can plug in the uh, Game Boy camera into what? this little box. That's... And when I turn it on, it um, connects over Wi-Fi and I can get the photos straight off onto my phone. That is so cool. So if you're interested in that, go over to the Matt Gray YouTube page. That's M-A-T-T-G-R-A-Y. And yes, you can watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I mean, being a broadcast engineer, I was saying before um, we started recording that you have the best audio <laughs> and I swear you sound better than me now, <laughs> but that's what you're going to get when you have a broadcast engineer on your, on your show. Yeah, no, you sound great. It's just the problem when, 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 you, when you have um, areas that, you're, that are in your profession, you end up having an opinions on things. <laughs> so I can't do it. I, it. It's kind of a curse, really, because I can't do anything by halves anymore. <laughs> no one needs a broadcast quality microphone in the spare room. <laughs> yes, but it's useful. Um, <laughs> so I love, let's go, let's go rewind a little bit. So your whole philosophy, which I absolutely adore and which is why we're friends, is to have fun. You yeah. do something silly or something fun or you have an idea. And instead of like a lot of people, I would say, um, myself included sometimes when I have silly ideas, um, instead of just thinking, oh, that would be fun, and then nothing, you actually do it. I mean, how many people can actually say that they have an idea and they they 
follow through. It really helps because I've got lots of friends who are enablers. They're similar to me. And I can, it, you know, you make a, a silly joke. It's one thing to have the silly joke. <laughs> that would be funny. But it's that extra step of, I could actually do that, you know. How would you do that? And it ends up with having ridiculous eBay searches <laughs> set up. and um, I'd love just, to see your search history. <laughs> oh, God. And just seeing how, how possible things are. It's one thing to say, yeah, 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 have a stupid idea, then just do it. But doing things costs money. So that's kind of also why this is in side hustle ter- territory rather than just in, you know, day job territory because you can't easily make a job out of just doing random things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what the pigeonhole of YouTuber is, but I don't make enough money off YouTube to li- live off by any means. It helps with bills and stuff or um, sometimes even breaks even, but it's it. I do things for fun. YouTube is my hobby. Putting yeah. silly things on the internet is my hobby. Uh, in fact, recently I put more things on Instagram and TikTok than YouTube because you it because it's a different medium. You have it involves a different editing style. So you can, for me, for my style, I can put way less effort in and just kick out a TikTok video in an hour, whereas a YouTube video will take hours per minute of video. Yeah. So I I have a um, I suppose, undefined shenanigans budget, <laughs> which is, I, I've nicked that phrase off um, one of my f- friends or a couple of my friends. All of my friends who are like this just have, you know, money set aside for doing stupid things. <laughs> that is a great philosophy for life. I, I don't, I don't have, why do I not have one? I, I'm, I'm going to do that now. I think. <laughs> and, I, you know, you can, you can only do this once you're already in the reasonably privileged position of having spare money to throw on stupid things which um mm. i am fortunate enough to be in i realize not everyone else can be in that same position but well, you've worked you've um, worked very hard to be in that situation yeah right? so, yeah i have yeah. yeah um so the ice cream thing came from being sat i think it was at a friend's birthday in a bowling alley and we were sat in the bar there and they had um alcohol slushies as one of their things mm. and they had a slushy machine and i I was just looking at it from the other side of the bar, you know, from the table. I'm like thinking, you can put anything in that. It's just a big box with a spinny thing that gets cold. And then with my friends, I like, oh, what could you put in that? And then one of them went, no, no, you could put it. It'd be better if you put it in an ice cream machine. Like, oh, yeah, I wonder what you could put in that. And then between us, we thought of like mayo, guacamole, um, <laughs> several other things. Like, <laughs> that's funny. And then I go, just a sec, how much is an ice cream machine on eBay? (laughs) (laughs) The answer was about two grand. So I did not get one there and then, but I put a saved search up just in case to see if one popped up way more affordably. (laughs) And I managed to find one that was like fourth or fifth hand that had been eBayed and eBayed and eBayed. (laughs) And it was pretty old and knackered, but did enough. It could make ice cream. And I got it for about 800 quid, which is... Kind of at the top end of <laughs> that is a, doing something silly. A big but, shenanigans budget, yes. But it's the kind of thing with the stuff that has doubts to it or um, maybe any risk. It's the kind of thing, if I tell the stupid idea to someone, if they go, oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's a great idea, or they laugh or they riff on it, then it's probably good enough to pursue. If you tell them it and they go, hmm, okay, or oh, or something like that, then... <laughs> 
it might not have as much to it, but it it, it does depend who you ask that to as well. Because, you know, every idea, everything has its own audience. Not everyone wants to watch the same TV program. Not everyone wants to look at the same art. Not that I really call anything that I do art, but if you're just doing something for the sake of it because you thought it was funny and other people sometimes want to look at it, I suppose that is a a, a bit of art. <laughs> I like that. Well, anything can be art, right? And yeah, absolutely. And you're, I think that's a brilliant like barometer. Uh, is barometer correct? But, you know, a, a gauge almost, um, which... I'm going to also steal for myself. This is great. I'm just I'm just learning everything now. <laughs> Even though we have these conversations, there's something about sitting down and actually talking about it, hearing you say it. The worst thing to happen for me was the pandemic because while there are obviously much worse things about the pandemic, for me, it meant I couldn't chat to anyone. And I get my ideas from chatting to people. It, I'd say the best ideas come from, I'm going to call it a pub conversation. It doesn't have to be in a pub. You could be in a cafe or whatever, but it's that kind of... Several of you sat around and just the conversation morphs and flows between lots of different things. And people say silly things. We make each other laugh or tell a story about something you heard. And it's just when you go, huh, that's funny. Someone should do that. Yes. And, and then you have to remember that you're someone. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it, okay, so you are the someone that does the stuff. Have you ever not done something? Or what's the percentage of ideas that you have and then actually acting on them? I do very few of them. I do very few of them because everything takes time. In recent years, for people who are listening to this, who are aware of my work, um, You'll notice I, ha I haven't really done much on YouTube for the last few years. I haven't really posted much because I haven't been doing much. It's, it's not just about getting your work-life balance. It's about getting your work-life side hustle balance as well. Mm. In 2017, that was my busiest year I've ever had because I was working shifts. I was doing a seven-day shift rotor, 40-odd hours a week, and then... I was also um, doing the Park Bench series of videos with Tom Scott. We were releasing a half hour long video every week with us basically just chatting on the park, on a park bench about stuff and things. So that was a weekly video that we were putting out. And then on top of that, um, I was regularly traveling with Tom to help him out with some of his videos. Mm. And over the years like tom scott is a university friend of mine we've known each other for well over 15 years now and so i've known him before he was on youtube we um started off just getting bored and making videos <laughs> in our spare time and the place you put a video if you wanted to share it with your friends well the only place to upload a video onto the internet in 2007 2008 was youtube mm. and then you do a silly thing and it just turns out some people start watching it. So I've done stuff with him a lot over the years and with the um, kind of educational and interesting things around the world content he makes, mm. some of that overlap goes with the educational and interesting things around the world content he makes. Some of that overlaps with my interests. <laughs> so if if he's going somewhere cool, he, he has invited me along before and I've helped him out by... Um, filming it for him because I have 
engineering experience, so I can use cameras, so I can use microphones. Um, and so just to think of some of the places we went in 2017, we were invited to NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory in um, just outside LA. And we met the team who controlled the Mars rovers. Oh, I and was so is, jealous of this one. <laughs> and there, there is an... an um, uh, the Curiosity Mars Rover's twin, which I think was called Maggie, who we met. Met is the best word I can think of for it. It is a Mars Rover. It's never gone to Mars. It's never going to Mars. It's the mm. one they try things out on before they send the commands to Mars because the last thing you want to do is break the one on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> you, want to, you want to try it on Earth before, and check if it's going to break it, it or sense. not. Yep. So I met a Mars rover in the Mars yard, which is a fake Mars in a, a parking lot <laughs> in Pasadena <laughs> next to the building where they control them. That's pretty um, cool. And went into the mission control center there. It's just as you imagine it with banks of desks with little name, lit up name tags on the front of them all and a big screen of all the satellites where all the data's coming in. Um, so we went there and then I think we flew to LA, then we flew back home to London. And then less than a week later, we flew to Puerto Rico, um, where we were invited to go round the Arecibo radio telescope, wow. RIP, which is, if you don't know it by name, if you've seen um, James Bond's GoldenEye film from the 90s, it's the big, crazy dish thing that um, is featured in one of the chases in the scenes for years it was the world's largest radio telescope and there was only one bigger than it and it's the only one that exists now because the Arecibo one got destroyed by a hurricane unfortunately mm. but it is a a crater effectively I don't know if it is actually a meteor crater crater but there is a crater in the ground it could just be how the land was formed and it mm. just happens to be a vaguely bowl-shaped one so they have a massive hundreds of meters across bowl of um reflector in the earth with big dangly wires over the top of it where it reflects all the signals from space into um receivers dangling over the top of it in the middle so to go there and visit that we walked across a like a dangly catwalk mm. um dangling on wires to go to this big structure which in itself is huge it's about the size of a house dangling in midair above this um retail park sized um <laughs> structure in the earth it's amazing thing to visit no you know it has a visitor center you can go there if you happen to be in puerto rico um well if you happened to be in puerto rico you could go there and visit it by which i mean stand at the side of it and look at the visitor center but this because we were filming it we were explaining how it works and what it does we were all over the place they let us go here go there go everywhere and i i've always i've always had a an attitude of if you don't ask you don't get you've got to be polite about it but um mm. for getting shots for video it's useful thinking oh if only we could go over there you go are, are we allowed over there can we go in there please and sometimes they go no you'll die <laughs> or um that's not sometimes safe or you'll like, break yes. it or if sometimes they say yes and if they say yes then it was worth asking so this is, yeah. this is amazing then so the purpose to all the additional work and time outside of your actual work is, it sounds like experience. It sounds like being able to do super cool things that usually you wouldn't normally be able to do. And I guess yeah. doing YouTube and 
film and video gives you access to that sort of thing. Yeah, and and I haven't done it for these reasons, but that also feeds back into my work because having experience in radio, well, that's primarily an audio medium. When was the last time you saw audio shared on social media? Even to promote a podcast such as this one, um, you'll use a picture. At the very least, you'll use a picture. If you want to um, upload an audio clip somewhere, you don't. You upload a video. It might just be a static still image with some audio on it to make your video, but you never get just audio, which means everyone in radio, as well as podcasts, are making video now. So if you see... Um, I don't know, for example, Taylor Swift, she'll be on a promo tour right now promoting her new album. You'll see clips of her talking to people about it. Previously, that would be clips of all the talk show hosts and stuff. But now you don't just get your clips of the talk show hosts, you'll get her on all of the radio stations as well because everyone films it in video. Because, mm. well, why not? If, if you're making all of this content, then you're making it for a reason. You're making it because you think it's good. And a lot of it is. So why not share it? And why not share it as widely as you can? And for the radio side of things, it's good marketing for your brand as well. If you keep seeing good clips from the same people again and again, you'll probably listen to that radio station. Mm. Um, but that means a load of audio people with no experience with video had to start vid doing video. And radio has a considerably lower budget and lower amount of staff and people than TV does other than even making a YouTube video does, because to make a radio show takes, mm. uh, forgetting all of like the support and maintenance side of things, it can take just one person. It is just the presenter operating their own equipment, playing some songs, making it so you can hear the songs, making it so you can hear them or not hear them. Mm. And then they'll just swap with someone else. For TV, well, it's way more complicated. Anything with video, you haven't just got the sound. Well, you've got the camera. You need to be able to hear things and see things. But to be able to see things, you don't just need cameras, you need lights. Mm. <laughs> so there's so many more things to think about with video. And having had experience doing the YouTube stuff, that was very useful for me applying that to my day job. Interesting. Um, putting Cause... video in, visualising radio is the wanky phrase for it. <laughs> so uh, a, a, a good proportion of my career has been spent on visualising radio and putting cameras in studios and finding out ways to put them in there so it feels natural. Um, wow. Which radio people won't necessarily think of because they're thinking of the traditional stuff. Mm. So your side hustle and side passions and hobbies have a direct benefit to your job and your work, um, which is really cool. So That's partly because I am choosing to work in a field that I enjoy. It's one of those things that I, I my work isn't directly following the money. I'm only going to get a job that can, you know, afford to, I can afford to live on. Mm. But I, I do have the skills that I could be a software engineer. Software engineering pays really well. But I would find that so dull that I wouldn't last. I would just be miserable. Mm. Whereas with the stuff I do, having worked in radio, now working in TV a bit, um, I find that fun. And as long as I can afford to pay my rent, pay my bills, yeah. afford to eat, then as, as I will absolutely pick a job that's more fun and more interesting yeah. to me over one that pays quite a bit. That's really interesting because that's one thing I think a lot of people have 
challenges with that they're kind of locked into high paying, boring jobs and they dream about going off and doing something different. Yeah. But they're maybe afraid of losing that security or afraid of doing something different. But And I and I I have the advantages also of, you know, not having kids mm. and uh, pets and and you know any real what's the word for it dependence i have no dependence <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you're still super busy so h- how do you manage the time then how do you create time for everything and balance it against your day job um i'm very good at sidetracking that's what i was trying to say before when i was talking about 2017 so i was doing shift work there were times when i was i was going to the us coming back again and going straight back to the us um, and like having four days work in between because I used up every single day holiday I, I had available and every mm. random day off in between. I burnt out. When when the Park Bench series of videos ended, it was because I was burnt out. Tom was getting that way. The two of us had just spent so much time with each other doing what um, what was effectively had become work. We were doing it because we were doing it, not because it was all of it was directly fun. Obviously, going to the, ex- the exciting places was exciting and great and everything. Mm. But we weren't spending time with each other as friends anymore. Mm. And any time I had outside of work and outside of doing that, I was just knackered. Mm. And it's knackering enough doing shift work because one week I'd be getting up at, um, you know, four 4.30 in the morning and then... A week later, I could be not getting home till 11 p.m. Hmm. <laughs> which is <laughs> and com- insane. And combining that with jet lag and travel and trying to yeah. be creative. And it, it's it's a lot. It's very hard to balance. And I am not successful at that at the moment. So, hmm. And it depends on how many other things you've got going on in li- your life. So I, I, the last couple of years, my, my job's moved more nine to five e. Um, until I changed jobs earlier this year and which left more time outside of that. But then having the pandemic to deal with, the um, associated mental health stuff that's gone along with that and other mm. things happening along in my life and my family and just, you know, personal things take up time. So yeah. you, you'll see less content from me because... <laughs> As you get old, older and have more adult problems, you have to deal with them, and you've got time. You got to allow time for that and allow time for rest. And I'm really having to learn about leaving time for rest specifically at the moment because um, in March 22 I got COVID, which while I had it, it was just a flu. But a couple of weeks after it, I've, I've been so fatigued, and I'm I'm. I've I've got long COVID now, which means effectively I have a lot of fatigue. I have very, um, I have quite a low battery for either social stuff or physical mm. stuff or emotional stuff. So even chatting with someone can drain it and learning to manage that is hard. And I just need more time to sit and do nothing. Yeah. Whereas previously I could power through and, you know, sleep it off for a week. Can't do that mm. so much now. So that, that takes time. Yeah. And and the thing that comes, you know, absolute most important, I say this to everyone, and I've managed people in the past who who um, I always try and stress the importance of health. Like mm. health and family come first. Then everything else can come after that. Yeah. 
So if if so if someone's had you know the odd family issue or health issue while they've been at work, it's like just go home, go sort it. Yeah, there's more and important things. Just than the go see the doctor. Don't worry about the shifts. I can just cover the shifts. Mm. <laughs> if if I'm going to be completely capitalist about it, um, you are no use to me. Broken. Go home and get yourself fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> but. Uh, you, you, you're you're useless as a human if if you're yeah. um, overdoing yourself to the point it breaks. Same with a tool. If you're using a tool incorrectly, it'll break and you'll have to buy another one. You that's can't buy another you. Such a good analogy. You. Such an, a good analogy. And it, it it I think that's the constant pressure that people put on them nowadays as well. It's the the constant need to hustle and push and do things quickly because everybody's doing everything quickly. And it always seems like everyone's doing more than you as well. Social media doesn't really help with that. Yeah. And it's that constant um, balance and you can be drawn into it. I find myself being drawn into stuff like that. And you end up in like a negative headspace thinking, oh, I've not done that. I've not done that. But yeah, the the rest is, is key because at the end of the day, you've got to have a purpose what's the purpose of doing all of this stuff on the side what what's the reason for you it's fun and being silly and joy and off the back of that and I think that's the best way of doing it because then if you make money from that that's the best way to make money and I think that's how a lot of people start it's like you said with Tom and yourself you started just making videos for fun like there yeah. wasn't this intention to become super rich and successful it's about following what brings you happiness and joy and then that leads to something but as soon as the it, the happiness goes away then yeah what's what's the point and, and you can have lots of happiness but you can also do that while neglecting other things and that can you know affect other things you, you're mm. forced in the UK, we have an MOT, which is the annual um, car quality check, where you have the you are forced to make sure your car is in good working order and is maintained well. Mm. Um, no one forces you to do that with your body, with your mind. You are the only person who can do that. Yeah, you can buy a new car. You can't buy a new you. That's so. I, you know what? I was thinking exactly that the other day when um, <laughs> I took my car for an MOT. Or actually, I should say my husband took it for an MOT because I can I can be bothered. <laughs> but I just thought, why can't I just be carted off for an MOT? And I think some people pay for that, right? There are places that you can go. But it's true. It's not. It's not something that we do. Why do we look after cars more than we look after ourselves? I talk about that quite a lot on my social media because it's not something people have historically spoken about so much before and I figure the, the more people hear it um, the more people are likely to think of it for themselves mm. it's it's not something to be ashamed about to have mental health issues I've struggled with um, depression anxiety um, amongst other things and it's it's an illness in the same way that I don't know, having a hurty leg or whatever, you would you would do something for that. You would get take some painkillers or something, or mm. if something was seeming a bit off and it was concerning you a bit, then you'd go to a doctor. Um, the same should happen for your for for your brain as well. It is an illness, and the way you treat an illness is you see a professional. <laughs> um, and it, it's it's very hard because if if your brain's ill, then it's not thinking properly. So it can't get to the thought process of I should do something about this or how to even do something about it. But um, it's it's getting slightly less stigmatised than it did before. But when you combine it with work and everything else and... 
well, exactly. your performance and all of that kind of stuff and the worries and the finances, it all just adds up, doesn't it? Exactly. And I, I've seen definitely an increase amongst companies talking about um, mental health internally, but they're, they're good at talking about it, but maybe not the action of giving people the time and space to actually look after themselves. But in terms of side hustles and things, I think the conclusion from that is um, side hustles are great. They're great fun and they give amazing opportunities to go out and do super cool stuff. And they can also lead to more opportunities in your work and, and help you learn. But getting that balance right is key. And and it's so easy, I think, as a creative person to get caught up and to forget about yourself sometimes, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> You're laughing and nodding, so. <laughs> and I've got so many people who have more projects than time. I know so many people like that because um, that's what creative people are like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then... And then doing being a creative person like yourself and but having like a job job as well um to be able to function and do that at the same time have you out of interest have you ever thought about um going full-time with youtube and turning it into something professional or any of your other projects it's absolutely my hobby i have no intentions of making a job of it because i came close to that um when we were doing the park bench with tom and that ended up feeling like work. And at that point, it wasn't fun to do. And I was doing it because it was fun. Um, it's actually very hard to make a livable wage off YouTube. It, very hard. There are people who do it and you'll be able to name lots of people who do it. Mm. But the amount of people who succeed versus the amount of people who try is not directly related to the amount of effort you put in completely. It's way more complicated than that and it's way more volatile than that and the thing that you need to be able to do it is um what is it some umph some self umph what's the word for that drive um, spark but but the ability to make yourself actually do it rather than sit there and procrastinate mm. if if i am in an office doing some work then yeah i will absolutely get all my work done not in fits and starts maybe but it, it gets done if I've got stuff I need to do for myself, even if I take a week off to do it, it just, I, I cannot make myself do it. I am not a, um, um, I'm not designed to be self-employed. I am not, but I, I know after trying things myself and doing bits and bobs and the amount of half finished projects I've got, mm -hmm. I know that I am not made for that. I could put a lot of effort into it, but I, I don't think in my case it would be worth it. Mm. Um, I enjoyed being able to do it. Yes, I feel like doing this right now. I'll do it. And another week I can go, nah, I can't be asked. And then there is no reason to force myself to do this thing. Yes. The it's forcing. like, yeah, it, like play any hobby you might have, like, be it, you know, playing a guitar. I have guitars. I, I will go three months without picking one up because I can't be asked. I don't think of it. Mm. um and then i'll go actually yeah yeah i fancy that today i'll play with it but if i made playing the guitar my work then well i'd have to do it every day whether i couldn't be asked or not i'd have to keep up mm. i'd have to practice i'd have to find gigs i'd have to find people to work with yeah and and that's the side of self-employment that i don't fancy is the finding work even if it's self-publishing on social media you still have to think of ideas 
yeah, the main yeah. way to become and stay successful on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, anything online, is keeping regular. So it's it's similar to maintaining your bowels. You've got to stay regular. <laughs> <laughs> Did you literally just make that analogy? <laughs> I've gone. I've been very serious so far in this interview. I haven't dropped a poo joke. I've got to put a poo joke in there somewhere. <laughs> but you've got to have a regular release schedule. <laughs> You've got to put your video out every every week or every couple of weeks. You've, you've got to keep on top of it so you stay in the back of people's minds. I am just glossing over that. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you, you, you know, you've got to keep it regular. Otherwise, you, you don't, um, it falls off and people forget about you. And if you don't keep up that regular thing, then um, you don't earn the money, basically, if you're making it your job. And then there's the, always the fear. But with that, with it being a creative thing, you've always got to come up with ideas. If you have writer's block and you miss that week's video, then then what? <laughs> you don't get paid that week. It's similar to being an artist, really. If you don't keep making your paintings, you can't keep selling them. Exactly. So but, there's a lot. But of... it's more on a schedule. Like as an artist, you'll you can make paintings gradually over a few months and go to a gallery and sell them at the you know at, at a show and then have a gap in between. But it's kind of more constant in the same way that. Um, mm. YouTube is getting closer and closer to TV. Yeah. There, there are people um, who you'll watch who do have a regular release schedule. Some will be daily, some will be weekly, some will have gone. Uh, uh, Casey Neistat is the biggest example of that. He was a daily vlogger for so long and it's it's effectively a soap at that point. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's not like you're... It's almost like you're watching EastEnders, but it's a real man's life in mm. the way that he's done it. And the way he's so successful is the craft in his videos. Like I watched it just because I was intrigued. Uh, like that's not the style of content I would normally choose to watch. Mm. I was just intrigued to see how he did it. And that man can turn anything into a narrative. Yeah, he's it's got skill. narrative. He absolutely can craft a story out of just going to the shops and beautifully shoot it. Mm-hmm. That takes planning. You can't just go to the shops and film it. You have to go... Um, like every good story, it needs a beginning, a middle, and the end. Yeah. Or like a talk, you've, you've got to say what you're going to say, then you say it, and then you say what you said. It's all that kind of thing. It's, <laughs> exactly. It, <laughs> it all takes a, a lot of, of work. And I think people who ha- have an idea and think, oh, you know, yeah, I want to quit my job to do to do that, there is definitely this disconnect between, obviously, the dream and the reality of what's involved. And if you want to make it real, or successful in that area then yes it will feel like work and you do have to force yourself at times to keep consistent and stay consistent but the thing that I love that you've said about your situation is that you tried it all you tested it you had the ideas you tested and got very close to going and doing it and then you were like no this isn't for me and this is what I always tell my clients that you have to test because unless you test you don't know and yeah, if you, you don't try you just... don't know yeah exactly exactly and that takes yeah. um guts to do that um and then to be able to say no that's not for me I also love that because you know yourself yeah absolutely and you, you've got to it comes back to the health thing. If, it, if it's going to break you, don't do it. Hmm. If it's going to push you, then try it, but see if that pushing is going to break you. If pushing will put you into a better place, then great. But um, you, you, if you, I'm not suggesting anyone does this because I would find that very creepy. But if you look at the publishing dates of my YouTube videos, you'll see when I've done like once 
you know, one every week for a few weeks or, you know, a vaguely regular schedule, be it fortnightly or monthly, where for a period of time I've attempted to stay regular on posting on the internet. And then it just goes away mm-hmm. because I either get halfway through a project and hit a, a roadblock and just can't be asked and can just stop because it's a hobby or, can, yeah. or um, I run out of ideas or I have an idea, but it's not quite good enough and it's not quite worth doing or because mm-hmm. not every idea is a good one. It can sound good, but when you go to the um, actual structure of it and the actual doing it, doing yeah. it could be fun, but it might not be something that works as content. Or yeah, it could be a thing that sounds good if you say it with your mouth, but it doesn't turn out good if you were to actually make it or that kind of thing. It's exactly yeah. Cool. It's, it's Being interest- creative is hard <laughs> <laughs> if you want it to be a thing that you're showing other people. And that's the thing, not everything has to be content. There are many things that I do that could absolutely be content and I just doesn't because you don't have to make yourself a product. Just because everyone else is posting, like take Instagram for an example, just because everyone else is posting the most glorious photos of them photoshopping and face app filtering and all of that kind of stuff doesn't mean you have to. And you, you've got to remember as well, especially if you're if you're not feeling so great, or you you realise that um, when you're spending time scrolling, or doom scrolling on the internet, not mm-hmm. everything you see is a true reflection of reality. Yeah, you, you will take anyone if they take some selfies. They'll take a couple of shit ones and a good one probably, mm-hmm. and um, you post the good one. And you don't know how many attempts every photo on there has taken, especially the the fashion e-style people or the lifestyle in inverted commas who have the most perfect lives mm-hmm. just because they've taken that photo there does not mean that they haven't got crippling ibs and they forced themselves to that, take that photo and then went back to the <laughs> bed and spent the rest of the day crying with tummy pain or oh. whatever like it, it's, it's, it's <laughs> that's true the thing. It's, it's really true and everyone's and, people are just a person at the end of the day and yeah following a trend or and you've got to just find out what your what what's right for you, because and what's that's right. why all of my stuff. If if you look at what I post on the Matt Gray brand, let's call it, it is all just me. That is the only commonality. Mm-hmm. I, I I've done videos where I'm carving a pumpkin. Um, I have modified a Game Boy. I have um, visited Bruges, and just a time lapse I made from somewhere I was that looked quite pretty. Mm -hmm. Uh, My photos of just things I did and places I went. It's just me being me. I am Mm -hmm. not going to put anything more to it than that because that is going to restrict myself. I am not a brand. I love that. You know, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself to anything. Yeah. I'm just going to be me. And if people want to follow me, which it's... I'm beginning to get used to it, but initially it baffled me. The fact that so many people seem to follow me and enjoy what I do. That's very nice having stuff that I do be enjoyed. I don't want to find myself thinking, oh, should I post that? What will they think? Like, you know, bugger it. I'm just going to post it. I've done the thing. I'm going to post it. Yeah. It's it's just me. It's just me. And if you don't like it, you can unfollow. And if you unfollow, I don't care. I actually (laughs) don't care because it's not my job. Mm. And, that, and that's that's the, the danger is you have to anything 
you know, on the, the creator influencer side of things, not that I'd like to call myself an influencer, but I do understand that I have influence, weird place to be in. The It's so much easier to make money out of that kind of stuff if you have what's known as a parasocial relationship, where I'm sure there'll be creators or podcasters you watch, listen to, where you know so much about their personal life, you feel like your friends, they share you. It feels like they share everything with you. And you just feel like you're one of their friends. And it's kind of a weird thing to be in. And I I know that I know that there will be, be people that, you know, watch my stuff that are in a similar situation, but I don't share everything. Because mm. it's just a bit weird. But you can you can monetize that. There are people that monetize that. Yeah, there are. As as your friend, I tell you to get this. This is great. Trust me. When you're just reading mm-hmm. from a script, and you... but it's it's about having your own boundaries with it, yeah. and and and, that, and that's why I'm keeping this as a hobby. That's the thing. That's yeah. the that's why this is a side hustle because, mm. and like I, I I am free to do stuff without adverts and mm-hmm. having to talk for a minute and a half in a in the middle of a six minute video about. Um, some kind of Legends of Shadows video game or um, <laughs> Sword VPN or anything like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get to do what what you I want do to what do. I want and I, I, I've you know I, I get offers for adverts all the time, and you know what? I can't be asked. Mm-hmm. I can't be asked, and it, it'll take it'll take the joy out of it. And some of them you can get like a couple of hundred quid from, mm. and at that point, for the amount of days you know putting together a contract and agreements with them and then going over Mm. scripts and then arguing with them afterwards when they don't like what you did even though that they've got no say over what you did and it's part of the contract all all of that ends up with days and days can end could end up as days and days of work for only a couple of hundred quid yeah which as a side hustle it isn't worth my effort because that turns it into work and it's no longer my hobby and it's no longer fun i already have work i have a job I have a job. <laughs> so to, so essentially, this is I, I, I really love this because a, this is a reality check, I guess. So if you're somebody who is thinking about having a side hustle, or if you've got a side hustle, then and you're struggling with it, a, there's there's no shame in struggling with the boundaries and the balance and everything like that because it is hard. But also, it's completely okay to make that decision that it's not a business or it's it's not you you're not going to quit your job to do this full time there are plenty of things in the middle where it's just about finding the balance that is right for you yeah. i guess so what what um, advice just to kind of wrap up what advice would you give to somebody who's kind of umming and ahhing whether to quit their job to go off and do something different well firstly i would say don't quit your job unless you are just happen to be rich or have guaranteed or planned statistical evidence that you can make money what you're doing if you if that evidence is you've seen someone else do something similar that isn't evidence that you can successfully do that so if you can put the time in on the weekends and you know go okay well i am making this many sales i'm getting this much revenue Mm -hmm. then kind of plan it think of accounting and remember to think if you are spending way more on materials than you're making on selling the things that you're selling on etsy then the money coming in has to be balanced against your costs. You have to do mm. accounting <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be responsible for that. If, you, if you're a, a company working for a company, your company pays for all of your costs. If you're doing everything yourself, 
mm-hmm. you have to deal with that. And then you have to do taxes as well mm-hmm. because the money you get directly from people for doing stuff isn't taxed at that point, whereas your paycheck, um, if you've got pay as you earn from an um, employer, that is taxed already magically. Mm-hmm. So everything you earn doesn't get to be spending money. You have to save it for... Mm-hmm. Um, paying tax at the end of the year so that that is the the boring sensible bit of advice the other one is find and chat to similar people in a similar position mm. so part of the reason Haley and i know each other is because we were a, um, a group of creators who regularly got together um in the youtube creator space from a few years ago and it made all the difference certainly for me made all the difference talking to like-minded people who are going through the similar issues of, oh, I've had this idea, but uh, I don't think it's any good. And then you tell that idea to someone and they go, oh, no, no, that's, that's actually all right. No, I like that. Oh, you could do this. And they go, oh, yes. And then boom, there's that one light bulb moment that you get from chatting to someone else. Mm. All the struggles of the usual stuff of, oh, yeah, I'm doing my day job and also making videos at night and while working shifts. So we've got friends who are doing, you know, shift work. <laughs> Uh, friends who are just entirely relying on the work that they do, mm-hmm. uh, creating things and any anything in between. Yeah, um, having it's having it's, that it's support a support network. network, really. And and yes, you, you might have your normal support network, your normal friends and stuff. But if they're, and I've got enough friends that don't understand what I do. My my best friends don't watch my content, and I I'm fine with that. It's not yeah. for them. And in, in the same way that if. You know, some of my friends make content. I don't watch that because it's not the kind of thing I'm interested in. I still like them as a person. I still like yeah. socialising with them, but and they understand that. Yeah, exactly. Not everything's for everyone. It, yeah. Like your, so be- if, your best if, friends who don't do the work that you do will be your cheerleaders and support yeah. you, but they won't necessarily understand the nuances and the details of what you're going through. Exactly. And in a normal job, you can chat to your colleagues about that. If you're self-employed, then mm. you've got no one to talk to about that other than yourself unless you chat to someone and find someone to talk about that with yeah exactly I you love know what those. it feels really weird being you know what it feels really weird being this serious and sensible i all the content i make has a vague uh, aura of silly and funny and enlightenment i like to make people smile and while <laughs> i i realize this could be useful for people it is weird weird having a long serious chat without being silly oh, but you <laughs> which were is why silly. i dropped in that poo joke <laughs> <laughs> but, oh well sorry that you had to come on and be so so serious <laughs> no i've enjoyed it <laughs> but it's it's i mean it's the thing is it's like what you just said right we met each other and we have been very lucky to have a group of people who are living this but the reason why I do this podcast is because I know that there are people who feel lonely or are having these thoughts and maybe they don't have then their their social circle doesn't involve anybody who's freelance or does anything different or they don't know anybody who's quit their job so just even though yeah we like being silly and going off and creating with with things I think being able to share you with those people is just wonderful and um enlightening i guess and, and, and that that's why i was more than happy to come on this because like you know that's what this this podcast is doing it's helping out for people who don't have those people to talk to about this thing 
Yeah, exactly. That sentence felt weird, but it does the job. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I'm getting at. <laughs> and you never know, we might see some some of those people back on on the circuit of doing oh, like, yeah. science <laughs> the stuff. Circuit. The circuit is kind of what it's called. Um, so where can people find all of your silly, fun things? <laughs> I am at Matt Gray, yes, on all that socials. That is spelled M-A-T-T-G-R-A-Y-Y-E-S. Mm-hmm. Matt Gray is a very common name. So it's Matt Gray and then yes on the end because it's available everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I am on YouTube. I am on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's where I post most often. If you're a Facebooker, you can find me on there. I'm on all the socials. Um, and if you just Google for Matt Gray, M-A-T-T-G-R-A-Y, you'll find stuff of me. My mm-hmm. website's mattg.co.uk. And, and do you go uh, check out all of his stuff because... I think especially nowadays when everything seems so serious in the world, if you need to smile and have a laugh, then definitely. My most, rec- my most recent video project is uh, with The Technical Difficulties, which is me, Tom Scott, uh, Gary Brown and Chris Joel. We're four friends from uni doing stuff. Um, so we've got some videos coming out in December 2022 or thereabouts as we record this. And we had some videos out in July 2022 where I learnt to do wheel thrown pottery and oh. made a pot. And it is, it is hilarious. <laughs> so I'd, I'd say start there. Search for the technical difficulties. That, that, that'll get you a video of me having fun <laughs> is that enough self-promotion or would you like me to keep going oh no don't keep you can do more you're very good at that <laughs> that's the hustle part of the side hustle it is. see see you, you've spent an hour talking about how you don't do the hustle but there it is <laughs> thank you so much for joining i really appreciate it and i will probably speak to you soon <laughs> lovely spending time with you thank you We're almost at the end of the episode. Now, if you're feeling unhappy or uncertain in your current STEM job and unsure whether you should actually stay or leave, I have got a free downloadable quiz for you called Should You Quit Your STEM Job? When you're unhappy in your job, it can feel frustrating and confusing. So this simple quiz based off my decade of experience will help you to create clarity and identify some steps forward. Because let's be honest, you deserve to create a career with purpose where you feel you belong and can make the impact you've always dreamed of. To get the quiz, just head to my website, hayleyloren.com forward slash coaching, and there'll also be a link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to Fearless STEM Careers. Please do rate us everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because it would be so appreciated and it genuinely makes a difference. Also, subscribe so you don't actually miss out on any episodes. And I do sometimes post bonus episodes which I would not want you to miss out on if you have any questions at all feel free to reach out on Instagram my handle is at the Hayley Loren and you can also find me on LinkedIn just search Hayley Loren thanks again join me in another two weeks for the next episode and in the meantime be fearless in your STEM career